Welcome to the Banega Swasthindya podcast. Our focus this season is One Health, One Planet, One Future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because only a swast bharat can truly become a sampan bharat. I'm Ambika Singh Kama and today we have a really special guest with us to talk about the new variant Omicron. We have with us Dr. Julian Tang. He is an associate professor, clinical virologist, respiratory sciences, University of Leicester. Thank you so much, Dr. Tang, for joining us today. Everybody has been talking about this new variant. There's some sort of fear, worry, anxiety. Tell us a little bit about Omicron. How worried do, do we need to be? Yeah, so this uh, new variant is not that surprising. We see new variants occurring all the time. Uh, some of them die out. Some of them persist. We've seen the Alpha and Delta variants persist across the world. Some of the other ones, like the Beta and Gamma variants, persist locally. and They don't really spread across the world. And of course, the Californian variant, uh, Epsilon in the US. Uh, but this Omicron seems to have a, a lot more mutations that can escape the vaccine protection that we have in, in many countries now. And also probably against natural infection with the previous strains of the virus. Uh, but this is a natural evolution of the virus. And the human population will gradually adapt to the virus and vice versa. And we might be seeing... Uh, with Omicron, uh, more less severe cases, more transmissibility, which is actually what you you actually would see in a virus that's well adapted to the human population, like the common cold viruses and, and influenza. Do you suggest, I mean, it's really important we as individuals take charge and we do, you know, the basic things like social distancing, hand washing and wearing masks is very critical at this point? So at the moment, we don't know much about the Omicron variant. Certainly in the UK, they are kind of going on these erring on the side of caution and implementing uh, restrictions again, masking, uh, social distancing, vaccine passports, uh, working from home, etc., going towards Christmas, New Year. And that's because you generally see a surge in viruses towards Christmas, New Year, as people tend to mix indoors more often. So this is a kind of, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wise precaution, given the UK's rather uh, bad experience with Alpha and Delta in the past. Okay. So we will start taking, we have a lot of viewer questions. The first one, Arshi Saha wants to know, how can India prepare itself to handle this spread? Uh, you know, they would want to know about specifically about India. Of course, the overall picture is what we really need at this point. So again, the previous measures will work against this variant. The variants are not um, specific uh, in terms of the non-pharmaceutical interventions like masking, social distancing, enhanced ventilation, uh, reduced indoor uh, crowding, etc., uh, all of this will work to reduce the spread of Omicron as well. So the next question, uh, Dr. Tang Pranoy Ghosh is asking, how long will we be free from Corona? I think that's something a lot of people must be asking <laughs> you all the time. And it's a difficult one to answer. Yeah, so we think that the coronavirus will become endemic and seasonal like the other coronaviruses, like the common cold viruses. And it's really how much each individual nation can live with in terms of uh, infection hospitalization and mortality and again we see we do this every year with influenza uh, and we have a focused vaccination for influenza we have some antivirus influenza that we give to specific high-risk population uh, individuals so like you, i was just coming to that like we talk about influenza the, the flu shot you know first they used to say give it to the senior citizens and children um, vaccination plays a very key role here when it when we talk about the covid19 pandemic yeah, so it depends on how severe the Omicron turns out to be or any other subsequent variant. So if the severity starts to drop, 
Fewer people will take the vaccine just because, you know, they, they can't be bothered or they don't like the vaccine. And then what you end up with is a very focused vaccination program of those who are most vulnerable, uh, as we see with seasonal flu. And the coronavirus, uh, SARS-CoV-2, may become like that. Okay. So the next question we have from Saurabh, that me and my family are in a lot of tension, that it's a, how big is the threat of Omicron? Yeah, we're not really sure yet. So we're seeing enhanced transmissibility, but if it comes with less severity and mm-hmm. milder illness, it may not matter so much. So at the moment, the data seems to be uh, is more is less severe mm-hmm. uh, from South Africa, but you need to see how it performs in different populations, including India, UK, and, and US, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because they have a higher number of proportion of patients, say, with uh, comorbidities mm-hmm. or uh, transplant or immunosuppressed uh, conditions. Sure. So I think it's really good to hear, at least when we talk about severity, we've all seen um, Dr. Tang, the second wave, I mean, Delta was really, really difficult, it was challenging for each one of us. I'm sure you, I mean, you know, we've all been through that. So that's a good thing to hear. Uh, Bunny wants to know what are the symptoms of the new variant? What to know more about it? Can you share that? Yeah, so we have limited data on that. But from the early reports, we see that this virus tends to produce a more flu-like illness, like fatigue, mm-hmm. sore throat. Uh, a bit of um, shortness of breath, rather than the loss of taste and smell that we see typically with Delta and Alpha. So that change in so-called clinical phenotype may be an indication that it's adapting better to humans and may cause less severe disease, even though it's more transmissible. Okay. So uh, just a question before I take on another viewer question, I have something. A lot of people during Delta as well, not everybody had the symptom of, uh, you know, mm. the smell and the taste going. Did that have something to do with the severity? No. So we see this loss of taste and smell across all age groups from, from children to, to adults. And my impression of this, and this is my personal opinion, is that as the virus adapts better to the human population, you'll see some of these rather odd complications start to disappear, as we've seen with influenza and the common cold viruses. So this to me, suggests that it's changing its kind of clinical phenotype. Uh, and it might be towards a more severe, uh, sorry, a more, a more mild and less severe type of presentation, uh, which actually would go with enhanced transmissibility in a virus that's more adapting uh, to human populations. Okay, thanks for answering that. Just going on to the next question, Deprotim Das wants to know, is this variant more dangerous? So, you know, I mean, of course, you've answered that it's less severe, but since it's a specific <laughs> question on the, the danger <laughs> level. Well, danger depends on different things. So it depends on your comorbidity status, whether you're immunosuppressed or not, whether you're, you've got other kind of vulnerabilities that we don't know about, because there's some genetic factors that may yeah. uh, actually produce more severe disease in Asians and South Asians and Indians in particular. Yeah. And that's with the Delta variant. So other variants may have different um, uh, vulnerabilities, uh, target different vulnerabilities in the population. So we can't really say too much at the moment without more data. Okay, so I think still most important at this point is to be cautious so this next question as well, Trisha wants to know how severe is the variant, but she has another point to that. What are concerns, um, you know, should we take for it? I mean, what are the precautions one should take? Well, you should get the vaccine booster. So if you have not been vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you have been vaccinated, get a booster. And what happens is the vaccine induces antibodies that are cross-protective across multiple variants to some degree that will hopefully reduce severe disease and death from those other variants. And that probably includes Omicron. Uh, some of the early data suggests that it can escape vaccine protection to some extent, but we hope that more severe disease is still prevented uh, from the vaccine. The next question is again from Anjali Rathor. She wants to know how deadly is the virus? Are vaccinated people safe? <clears throat> so we think that the vaccines are probably going to work against severe disease and death. We know the vaccines don't really protect against infection or reinfection with 
the different variants. Omicron has been shown to escape some of the vaccine protection that we have, but hopefully uh, it will reduce the severe disease and death kind of uh, outcomes. So I think key here is that, you know, the message out here is, uh, Dr. Tang, that people need to go out and definitely get their vaccine shots. Yeah, get vaccinated and get the boosters. Yeah, at least it'll reduce the severity. I mean, that's yeah. for sure. You know, the next question is interesting, of course, it's because, you know, in India as well, I mean, everywhere, especially schools have been shut here for really long. Mm. So Tapatap wants to know what is the problem with closing schools, you know, and cancelling boards, of course, that's specifically for here. You know, um, something to do with, uh, they want to know that how, what can the government do to stop the control spread of Omicron to the entire nation? So just a general question, what are your thoughts on students, especially when we talk about schooling, because schools have just started to reopen here in India, and they are again shut? Yeah, so the thing is, with children, they do actually get infected, they can spread the virus, and they're not very sick. So it's really, they act as a vector for the virus. So if you close the schools, you close the universities, the young people don't get very sick, but they can spread the virus. If you stop them getting infected by closing schools and universities, they don't get infected and can't spread the virus. But of course, they suffer in other ways. So the government really has to balance that kind of loss of education, loss of social integration with that prevention in ongoing uh, transmission of the virus. And that's always a difficult decision. You know, just going uh, a little away again from the questions which we have here from our viewers, I wanted to ask you, we're talking about students, children. You know, the children have been impacted hugely, even mentally, psychologically. Um, How are the children in the UK coping with this since you're working on ground there? Yeah, so in fact, the government's very strongly in favour of bringing children back to school, and they have been back to school. They have been tested, and uh, now they don't have to isolate in huge bubbles like they did before. So individual children get tested, and the individual student may get, be isolated if needed. They try to minimise that impact on schooling and the school social uh, integration, education, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Different countries, different governments may have different views on this. Uh, it depends really how well connected people are at home. If they want to do homeschooling by, you know, by Zoom or, or Teams, for example. If you don't have a well connected population where the internet service is poor, that's not going to work. So yeah. it really depends on the local situation. And in India, it might be very mixed, uh, and you may not benefit from, you know, homeschooling with internet connections and remote yeah. learning in some areas. Especially in the rural part of the country, absolutely right. So Dinesh Kapoor wants to know, Dr. Tang, how can we stop spreading of Omicron? And is there anything that we don't know about it? So I, I guess we don't know a lot of things about it. But Yeah, well, we don't know how severe it is across different populations in, the, in different countries and different uh, kind of uh, immunosuppressed versus you know, otherwise healthy young people and children as well. We don't have enough data yet. Uh, but to stop it spreading is quite easy. You just basically mm-hmm. stay away from whole, uh, people, wear a mask, get the vaccine, that uh, get the vaccination and the boosters and try to avoid uh, crowded indoor gatherings. Okay. So I think the whole thing here is, I mean, of course, it's like you said earlier as well, it's Christmas, New Year's, India just had Diwali, which is, you know, again, mm-hmm. a festival of light. So it is, I mean, and people have had it been in closed doors for a really long time. So it's been tough on everybody. Another very interesting question, Dr. Tang, is uh, Shinavas Kulkarni wants to know, will our current approved vaccines be effective against the Omicron variant of COVID-19? So some of the early data suggests that the actual protection against infection is not not that high. Uh, there will be some uh, infection or breakthrough infections, if you like. But the severity of illness that results um, may not be particularly severe, as we've seen with other breakthrough infections with other variants. So we're still hopeful that the vaccines will protect against severe disease and death. Just uh, how are y'all and in the UK at this point? Of course, you've said different countries deal with it differently. Just the last couple of questions. How are y'all dealing with this variant at this point? What can India 
So at the moment, you know, UK is going to plan B. So they're trying to enhance those precautions, the masking, the social distancing, vaccine passports, uh, working from home. They're taking a precautionary approach because they don't want to go through the same thing they did with Alpha and Delta. If Omicron is just as severe, if it spreads more quickly, but it's just as severe, we get increased hospitalizations, increased um, death rates. We don't know yet whether it's more mild. If it is more mild, but spreads more quickly, you might still get the same hospitalization and death rate just because of the sheer numbers. So we don't know about that just yet. So we're taking more precautions just in case. And of course, those precautions will reduce um, Delta variant transmission as well as influenza transmission. So at this point, just to take a closure from you, I mean, you know, what, what would you like to tell our viewers in brief about this variant? Because, you know, there's so much of, yes, of course, there is one is worried, one wants to take all precautions, but sometimes, so your closing remarks from you, Dr. Tang. Well, I just tell the people of India to, you know, really take up those vaccinations or boosters, uh, keep your masks on. And especially if you're indoors, try to avoid uh, crowded areas, uh, open the windows, get better ventilation. And if there's any kind of uh, way you can work from home and avoid crowded areas during your place of work or even school, uh, if you can support your children at home, that would reduce the spread of the virus uh, as, as, as we get to know more about it. You know, just because we have you with us, I mean, with your expertise, uh, I just want to ask you a little bit in brief, if you can explain our viewers a little bit about mutations, because, you know, one always talks about, oh, this is this variant has um, uh, muted these many times. So a lot of people don't understand that. So can you just explain that for our viewers, please? Yeah, so if you imagine this is the virus here and this is your antibody induced by the vaccine, uh, in the the wild type virus, the non-variants, the antibody from the vaccine can bind well to the the virus spike protein, the S protein. Hmm. But when you have lots of mutations, what happens is that you have different shape changes uh, in the S protein that your antibodies injured by the vaccine can't bind as well to. Hmm. And that reduces the protection uh, against uh, the virus for those variants. So hmm. you have to update your vaccine or you have to try and avoid getting infected by the, the new variant that's not well protected by the vaccine. But the vaccine can bind well enough. The vaccine and antibodies combine well enough to reduce severe disease and, and, and death, we think. And also you've got okay. T-cell responses that can also attack the virus in different ways, uh, regardless of the SG mutations. So those mutations really change the way the virus, the shape of the virus and the protein coded by the virus. And that also helps it to escape vaccine immunity. And that's what we have to try and uh, combat with updated vaccines and or just reducing transmission by avoiding infected people. In fact, you know, you've explained that really well, uh, Dr. Tang. Thank you so much for that. Just a last question, what I would, you know, want to understand from you. Um, travel restrictions, what are your thoughts on that? A lot of countries, of course, have put down those restrictions. Uh, again, what are your thoughts on that? Any any comment you would like to give uh, Yeah, so by the time you've actually identified the variant in India or UK or France or Germany, mm-hmm. the virus is probably already there. So it's spreading locally amongst the people there who are already infected. If mm-hmm. you close the borders after that, all you do is you stop further new importations of that virus coming into the country to some extent, but those local population uh, members who are infected will continue to spread the virus in that local population. And some of them may not be identified because they've got mild illness, they don't get tested, or they may even be asymptomatic and just carry on engaging with different people and spreading the virus that way. So the travel restrictions are probably not very effective. They may delay the rise of cases, but after a certain number of um, generations of the virus, uh, those importations will be a relatively small number compared to what's going on locally. And I know I keep saying last question, but I did just you have so much knowledge. I just want to make maximum use so that our viewers can actually gain a lot. You've told us about, you know, you've explained as a mutation. You've told us about the symptoms. What about the quarantining? Because by the end of it, you know, initially it was like they said 21 days and 14 days. 
So what do you think would be the quarantine period or, you know, the infectious, if I can ask you those words, you know, this period when a, when a person can actually spread the infection to another person. That's again yeah, so, something that <clears throat> a lot of, we one needs clarity on. Yeah, so for a normal po- person who's not immune suppressed, we think that the average shedding time is about 10 days. So here's the quarantine period of 10 to 14 days came in earlier. And WHO has also published the document saying 10 days is, uh, is really the limit of quarantine you need because after that, the antibodies kick in, T-cell responses kick in, and then the virus is neutralized and doesn't actually shed anymore as a live virus, even though you may pick it from PCR. And the PCR positivity can stay positive for like several weeks. Yeah. With the new variants, with the vaccines that don't really work as well against the new variants, that shedding duration might be longer because the vaccines don't work as well to neutralize the virus so quickly. So you might get shedding for longer, maybe 10 to 14 or even up to 21 days. So normally, if you have a new variant, people are more cautious and they may extend the quarantine and self-isolation period to cover that additional shedding of sure. live virus that might come from a lack of vaccine protection. You know, this has promised you the last question. You know, I, I was reading somewhere, Dr. Tang, that uh, there was this person in India, he had, um, I mean, he was infected with Omicron. And then the people, they tested the doctor and he, they didn't have the Omicron variant. So that means, uh, I mean, so there's again a lot of talk on that, that how is that possible? Because he interacted with them, whereas he's tested positive and he has, when they sent it for test, I mean, he has Omicron while the others have uh, COVID-19, but not Omicron. Yes, it depends on the viral load that's shed. If the viral load that's shed is actually quite low, Mm -hmm. those people who've been vaccinated may actually not get infected. Uh, They may have got infected with Delta from somewhere somewhere else, like from home before they met that person. So don't forget the incubation period for this virus is, is, you know, five to seven days up to like 14 days. So they Mm -hmm. could have been exposed to a Delta variant case yesterday. Uh, or last week and be shedding Delta variant now. And the Omicron case may actually not have been shedding enough to infect that Delta variant case with Omicron as well. Of course, you can get dual infection with both variants in some people and they can mix and produce a new variant. But it depends on how much virus you exhale, you breathe out, and how much virus uh, other people inhale that affects the risk of infection. I think uh, you've answered everything. I mean, you've cleared all the doubts. Is there anything else you would like to add which may benefit people to understand this variant and, you know, to remove, I mean, at least to reduce the fear? Yeah, so it doesn't really matter what variant's going around. If you maintain social distancing, your masking, uh, your vaccination status, and avoid indoor crowded areas, especially public transport, uh, if, you, if you don't wear a mask, try not to avoid, uh, try not to take a bus, for example, just, just walk, then you can avoid getting infected. So really avoiding the infection uh, is not really impact on, impacted on by the variant that's going around, because you can actually avoid infection by doing all those things, whatever the variant is that's circulating. So I think if you, unless you have to work in those situations, uh, but even if you have to work in those situations, you don't need to know what variant it is. You just put your mask on, avoid other people, open the windows, and then hopefully reduce the risk of any transmission infection from any variant that's going around. So don't get too fixated on the variant. Yeah. Just avoid infection by doing those different things. Yeah, I think protect yourself and just something on masks. So what are the masks? Because again, there's been, we've used, in, uh, we've used cloth masks a lot, of course, disposable masks, N95. Just the last one on the mask, since you've explained us everything well, uh, since you specifically said, you know, like take care of all the precautions. Yeah, so the masking is effective. If you have one person wearing a mask, here, mm-hmm. you can reduce the outgoing virus by two to fourfold, so like down to 25%. If you have another person wearing a mask here, that reduced virus going across there is going to be reduced even more by that person wearing a mask by another quarter. Okay, so you can actually reduce the virus going out by, you know, down to one sixteenth. So if you have a thousand viruses leaving this mask, 
it might be reduced like 250. And by the time it gets to the other person, it's reduced to like maybe 16 to 20 viruses if you're both masking. And this is just a surgical mask. And the cloth masks that you wear uh, are about half as efficient as that. So you might reduce the aerosols going out by half and the aerosols coming in by half. But that's still overall a quarter of what you would have been exposed to if neither of you were wearing a mask. So obviously, the more people that wear the masks, the more likely you're going to protect each other. Yeah, and reduce the transmission. Yeah. And social distancing, you said, and hand washing is equally important because at one point it was all about sanitizing, hand washing. Uh, I don't think hand washing is that important for reducing the spread of this virus. Most of the spread is through people talking at close proximity and inhaling each other. What I call the garlic breath distance. Uh, If I can inhale your garlic, then I'm breathing (laughs) your virus as well. And that's usually across a typical one meter conversational distance. Mm. Um, I think people just have to be aware that someone they're talking to or interacting Mm. with, whether Mm. it's a shopkeeper or a bus driver or just someone on the street, they might be infected and not know it. And you can be sharing the same air with them and yeah. inhaling the virus so if you're close enough to, to smell their breath whatever they've had for lunch you are at risk of containing whatever virus they might be exhaling even though they don't know they're infected so just be aware of that and uh, even family members because we know that most transmission occurs in the household even family members can actually be a source of the infection and of course you can't live separate from the family but then that's just a risk you have to take at home but you can reduce the risk from outside the home and avoid bringing those viruses back into the home as well Thank you so much, Dr. Tang. You've explained everything really well. Uh, Really, really appreciate you joining us on this very, very critical issue. Thank you so much for clarifying all these doubts and taking all our questions. That's it on the Banika Swast India podcast this week. If you have any comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banika Swast India. You can also connect with us on the Banega Swastinda handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue this conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.